the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's an honor. Today is Tuesday, April the 21st, 2020, in the year of our Lord. I want to talk about a couple of things that happened in history as we do every morning. Then I want to get back to what we were chatting about yesterday when we ran out of time. Today on April 21st, 1976, clinical trials of the swine flu vaccine began in Washington, D.C., about 595,400 people, according to the most accurate statistics, died worldwide from the swine flu. There's all kinds of numbers. They didn't keep track very well. The swine flu is not coronavirus. But about between 12 and 18,000, I believe, died in the United States. There's all kinds of numbers from very reliable sources. But it was in that vicinity of the number of deaths in America. Today in 1509, England's King Henry VII died. He was succeeded by his 17-year-old son, Henry VIII. Henry VIII was a train wreck. You probably know some of his life story. Today in 1789, John Adams was sworn in as the first vice president of the United States. And today in 1816, Charlotte Bronte, the author of Jane Eyre, she was born in Thornton, England. Many have read the Jane Eyre stories. Today in 1836, an army of Texans led by Sam Houston defeated the Mexicans, assuring Texas independence. Today in 1910, author Samuel Langhorne Clemens. We know him as Mark Twain. He died in Reading, Connecticut. He was 74 years old. Today in 1918, Manfred von Reichtenhofen, 25 years old. He was the German ace pilot. He was known as the Red Baron. He was believed to have shot down 80 enemy aircraft during World War I. He was shot down and killed in action over France today in 1918. And today in 1926, Britain's Queen Elizabeth II was born in Mayfair, London. Today's her birthday. She's 94 years old today, Queen Elizabeth II. She looks very resolute. Happy birthday to the Queen of England, if you like Queen. She seems to be a pretty nice person, very resolute, very uh, still in touch, I'll tell you for sure. 94 years old, she is not doesn't seem to be dimming at the switch, as they say. President Donald Trump said yesterday in a tweet, that he will sign an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States because of the coronavirus. He said in the tweet, he said, in light of the attack from the invisible enemy, as well as the need to protect the jobs of our great American citizens, I will be signing an executive order to temporarily suspend immigration into the United States. He didn't offer any details. There are some details coming out this morning. You'll be hearing about that in the news throughout the day. Just wanted to make you aware of it because 
it does have impact in agriculture and elsewhere. So people are going to be paying attention to this. One other um, item that I wanted to note to you today just by way of being informed. Former Vice President Joe Biden, he is the presumptive, as they say, Democratic presidential nominee unless they decide to throw him under the bus. And they can do that. Uh, there's the, the Democrat Party is set up with the ability to do that, kind of regardless of what the people say or vote. Uh, the, Democrat, the Republicans are a little bit different structure. But anyway, he said he told uh, CBS in Pittsburgh, they were interviewing him. He was in his home in that TV studio uh, thing they set up in the basement of his home. He's been doing a lot of interviews. And um, they asked him about First Lady, uh, former First Lady Michelle Obama as far as being his running mate. And I mention this because I've heard some other stuff yesterday that I'll mention to you in a moment but he picked right up on that, and he said, I'd take her, uh, you know, what about Michelle Obama being your vice president? You said you were going to choose a woman and so on, which he did say that a while back. He said, I'd take her in a heartbeat. <laughs> he said she's brilliant. She knows the way around. She's a very, a really fine woman. The Obamas are great, great friends. Barack Obama has met with Joe Biden once and possibly twice specifically to talk about who the vice president nominee or candidate should be. Now, I don't know that they were talking about Barack Obama's wife, but it is confirmed that they have been discussing it. In other words, what that relates to is that Barack Obama will choose the next vice presidential candidate. He will make that choice. He's not meeting with Joe to just encourage him and tell him, boy, you know, you're a great guy and, and we're great, great friends and all of that. That's not what's happening. Obama's meeting with Biden, and it is confirmed. He, they have met at least once, and some people that are really following this are saying they've met twice and discussed it. I don't know how they know, but they're pretty reliable. But Barack Obama will make that choice. It'll be Joe's choice, but it will have been made by Barack Obama. Yesterday I was talking about what's going on in our world in regards to the coronavirus and the how it is how things are changing daily on this and I I shared a part of scripture it's a part of a sermon that Jesus himself preached it's recorded in Matthew chapter 6 there's a lot in chapter 6 but I specifically noted verses 25 through 34. I won't read them again, but I want to prompt you to think about it while I talk to you and continue our straight talk chat about this about this coronavirus. In verse 25, Jesus says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Then he talks about looking at the birds in the air. They don't sow or reap, but they're taken care of. Jesus talks about the clothing. He said, consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. Yet I say to you that even Solomon in all of his glories was not arrayed like any one of these lilies of the field. In verse 31, he says, therefore, do not worry. This part of his sermon would be subtitled, do not worry. And that is a message that I, I want to leave 
with our listeners yesterday and again today, do not worry. And you say, yeah, right. How do you not worry in these kinds of circumstances? Well, Jesus is basically telling us how not to worry here. He's not telling us to be irresponsible. He's not telling us to live in denial. He's not telling us that just sit down and say, well, praise the Lord. God's going to take care of everything and then not do anything. That's not what he's saying. That isn't consistent with the Bible, the Word of God, the complete Word of God, the infallible Word of God. The kingdom of God and his righteousness is about how God works through people and how God brings about his great purposes, eternal purposes, through people. He even chose that he himself, through his son Jesus Christ, would become flesh to bring about the redemption of a fallen mankind, mankind who had sinned, come short of the glory of God, failed in the garden. God works through people. He doesn't have to. He didn't when he spoke into existence, creation itself. But if you follow how God has worked in the history of the human race, he has often worked through people and he's often worked through what we would consider human circumstances. Not always, but almost always. And that's that needs to be the, the reflection, that the, 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 the shelf upon which this sits that Jesus is saying here. He's not telling us to become irresponsible. He's not telling us to live in denial. He's not telling us He's not telling us that we should just not care. But he's saying, ultimately, don't worry. Don't be destroyed by worry. Because worry will destroy you. And we're seeing today in this coronavirus time, personal anxieties, people are having emotional breakdowns, psychological issues that spike 66%. I read yesterday in in many cities. People are, suicide rates are up. People are having difficulties. They're making the case in Michigan that the reason all of the the, uh, liquor stores are open and other stores are not is because it's essential. It's because so many people are addicted to alcohol that they would go into withdrawal and they may do things that would be harmful to other people. So therefore, that is the rationale for keeping the liquor stores open. And it's that confusion that I want to talk to you a little bit about today. But keep in mind that Jesus says not to worry. And the reason that he says you can do that and still live a responsible, active life is that in verse 33, he says, but seek, don't worry about this, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness And all these things will be added unto you. And all these things that he's talking about is clothing and food to eat and a life being sustained in your life. And he said, seek first the kingdom of God. And seeking first the kingdom of God gives you a sense of of place in all of these circumstances. You're not blown by every wind. You're not blown by what Trump says or Trump doesn't say. Or what Nancy Pelosi says or doesn't say. And I'm going to quote her in a moment. But you are standing on on the rock, not on the sand. You are standing on the kingdom of God and his righteousness in the sense of 
seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these things. In other words, that is the antidote to worry and fear and becoming paralyzed by fear. That is that is the answer. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then these other things are going to be added unto you and the other things he was just talking about. Nancy Pelosi was, she's the most powerful woman in Congress. Most powerful Democrat in Congress, for sure. She was making her case on Chris Wallace. I mentioned that in passing yesterday. I want to come back to that just for a moment. But yes, yesterday I mentioned that she was on Chris Wallace. I was surprised that they had her on Fox, to be honest with you. I mean, why would Fox have a need to have her on? I don't know, but that's a discussion for another day. I mean, Fox should figure out that there are conservatives out here who don't really have a place to go. It certainly isn't CNN, MSNBC, ABC, CBS, uh, NBC. I mean, what they say is, is slanted. Everything they say is slanted against a conservative biblical worldview. Everything they say. It's just a matter of how much is it slanted, how biased is a particular news story. And I've come to that conclusion slowly over time and it's not an uninformed uninformed conclusion on my part because I've been in the newsroom for years and years and years doing a daily television program and I I've seen it I've heard the conversations that lead to the story that you see on your screen so Nancy Pelosi is with Chris Wallace Fox Sunday Ironically, she was trying to change minds, I guess. I don't know why she was on it. She loves cameras. She loves attention, obviously. And she probably needs at some point to think about maybe going home and living with her husband for a while. But nonetheless, she affirmed one of the reasons that so many conservatives are fearful and concerned and anxious. She was reminded of her comments that she'd made on ABC just earlier by Chris Wallace. And so she made them again. And she talked about how that Trump called the coronavirus a hoax. He, he didn't do that. She wishes he did. He didn't. The smear against Trump has been discredited and debunked by everybody, including far left organizations that track things. Even they have to admit he didn't call it a hoax. He used the word hoax two or three minutes later in what he was saying, and it was about the way they were responding to this virus, not about the virus itself. And again, even the Democrats have stopped talking about that. I mean, it just isn't true, but she can't stop talking about it because she's obsessed with it. PolitiFact gives the details on it. In fact, they give the context of what he said. And if you're interested I included that in an article that I wrote today at faithandfreedom.us. We publish an article every day. It's widely read. A lot of comments. A lot of people get angry and one thing or another, but hundreds, thousands of people appreciate what we're writing and they read it. Faithandfreedom.us. If you go to that website, the first thing you see is what we published today, written by yours truly. But in her response, she gave the Chinese talking points, truly she did, to Chris Wallace on Fox on Sunday. She conflated criticism of China 
with criticism against Asian Americans. In other words, if you're mad at the Chinese Communist government, you're mad at all Asian Americans. A fifth grader knows that's not true. You can hate the communism, and you can be very upset and angry at the people who head up the Communist Party in China. That doesn't mean you don't like the guy that lives next door that's from China. We've had Chinese neighbors in the past. They're wonderful people. They're great people. They're just people. They're like everybody else. And a lot of them are very uncomfortable with the leadership they have, and they can't even speak out about it. And yet she is, in a way, reinforcing the Communist Party of China's talking points by quoting them. Not, not in a derogatory way, but in an affirming way. Then she exceeds the racism. She claims that that is if you disagree with the Communist Party, and she blames Trump for bigotry and xenophobia. She says the president is targeting targeting Asian Americans, and she says uh, over this flu, and she said she keeps he keeps calling it the the uh, Chinese virus, and she said that's racist, that's xenophobic, and yet every virus that we've had, Ebola and all the rest of them are all kind of documented by where they came from. But all of a sudden, this has become a big issue to them. Pelosi and others in her party, there appear to be running interference for the authoritarians of the Beijing because they're so fixated, they are so consumed with destroying Donald Trump, they can't see anything else. The good people in America are not very trusting of their left, and it's for good reason. There's more about that, but I, I would just, I'll skip the rest of it about her, but you get the point. I also included in what I wrote today some comments by Tucker Carlson. In fact, they're on video. He gave one of the best rundowns on China as, as they relate to America and to we the people of America that I've heard from anyone in recent days, at least, I included that in what I wrote today, and it's a there's a video there you can watch it. It's a commentary that he does. It's very well done. He covers the subject extremely well, and he I think it was titled "An Accident and a Cover Up," and he says in it his pretext in the commentary. Tucker Carlson from Fox, he says first reflex of China's government is always to lie, and then they go from there. It's interesting, and he makes the case, but it's interesting how that the first reflex in people that are not consumed by communist ideology is to admit the truth, if not tell the truth, and try to get to the bottom of the problem. There is such a gulf between the two worldviews that exist in, Amer- in, in the world today. It's amazing. Even the reactions to crisis is so revealing. It doesn't matter if you say you're a Christian. It doesn't matter how many times you take your prayer beads and pray your prayers and whatever they do. I mean, it doesn't matter because it. what matters is who are you and what do you believe? And that's how God will judge all of us at the end of our lives, whenever that is. We'll be judged not by what we've said, but what we have believed in our heart. If you believe in Jesus Christ in your heart and you confess with your mouth, you will be saved. But if you're confessing all the time and not believing in your heart, 
the, the God of the Bible, the Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of the Bible, you are not saved. You are not a Christian. And I know that doesn't fly well in today's environment. I understand that. But I have a life to live, and I, I have a calling to fulfill, and whatever that is, and right now, it's this. And all of us are going to have to face that. And it manifests itself in personal relationships. It manifests itself in high-powered political positions, Speaker of the House or whatever. Fox notes that there are concerns that drones being used to enforce coronavirus lockdowns were donated by a company with ties to the Chinese government, raising concerns that the nation that blamed us for allowing the virus to become a pandemic has sneaked a powerful espionage tool into revival into rival American skies. Kind of like a a drone kind of a Trojan horse. They're concerned about that and Fox isn't given to conspiratory stories. They do a lot of background on them to their credit before they say these and they put that out yesterday. They said there's a growing concern that cities are monitoring people with drones to see the movement of people and the drones came from China. So who's getting all that information? I mean, I don't know, but I know they're talking about it. Late yesterday afternoon, a 50-person a 50, uh, committee, 50 lawmakers, 25 Republicans, 25 Democrats, came out with a back-to-work plan. It was crafted by these guys. And it's a bipartisan, and they all agree they're all on board. So I put that in that article today that I wrote, the article about Pelosi and about why so many conservatives and Christians are so upset, which brings me to why they are taking to the streets and demonstrating in Olympia on Sunday and elsewhere around the country. And there's many more to come. Many people are planning these, and they're organizing them as we speak today. So why is this happening? Dory Munson is a guy, some of you, particularly listeners in Seattle, would know him. He's been on the radio a long time. He's on Cairo and um, radio. But he said something, and I, I, don't, I, I almost never read what people have written on here, except just incidentally a little bit. But let me share a couple of thoughts that he said he wrote and, and he talked about on the air the other day. Dory Munson, Cairo Radio. He said, well, I personally support mitigation and staying at home. And I'm, I will tell you, I support that as well. There is a value in that. What I don't support is when this is going way beyond and it is becoming a tool in the hands of a progress, so-called progressive. Munson said, I, I personally support mitigation and staying at home. I also support the rights and freedom of those who believe our government has gone too far in some cases and want to voice their concerns. He says hundreds of thousands of people in our state are newly unemployed, Washington State. Business owners are seeing their American dream in danger of being wiped out, and most of us are sick and tired of the government's double standard. Then he goes into what is that double standard. I totally agree with him. Private home construction must stop, but sound transit construction can continue. Private landscapers are out of work, King County can still dispatch crews to trim grass in closed parks. The hypocrisy is outrageous. And the outrageous hit new levels in the last few days and this weekend. 
President Trump sent out tweets calling for the liberation of certain states, like Virginia, where the governor is using the health crisis to sign radical anti-gun legislation to undermine and, if possible, to completely delete the Second Amendment. And he signed and he did this, and I talked about it the Monday after Easter. On Easter Sunday, the doctor, the medical doctor, who's governor of, of Virginia, was down at his office signing these bills into law in a celebratory way on Easter Sunday morning. You tell me how God feels about that. In Michigan, the government there has the governor there has banned the purchase of vegetable and flower seeds. They put yellow caution tape around the seed aisles in the hardware stores, yet you can still buy marijuana. It's an essential good. You can buy weed, but not seeds. And then Dory Munson wrote this. I mentioned this yesterday. I'll mention it again. He said on Sunday, Jay Inslee went on ABC's This Week. He said of the president's tweets, he said, to have a president of the United States basically encourage insubordination and to encourage illegal activity, to have an American president to encourage people to violate the law, I can't remember any time in my American when we have seen such a thing. Dory Munson calls him on it. Dory's been doing what he does for a long time. He says, really, Jay, you can't even remember an American politician encouraging people to violate the law? He said, what about every year when there's a teacher strike in Washington? Teacher strikes are illegal in our state, but you stand shoulder to shoulder with those teachers every year encouraging them to break the law. Of course, the teachers' union has bought and paid for you and your opinion on their right to break the law. He continues about the no youth jail protesters. Duct tape themselves together in the streets of downtown Seattle. I follow that pretty closely, creating regional gridlock for eight hours. But that was okay. You did nothing about it, although they were breaking the law. It was a left-wing cause. You've regularly voiced your support for Antifa and their May Day riots in downtown Seattle, causing millions of dollars of damage and police enforcement costs. What do you mean you've never heard of this before? He said almost every left-wing protest cause is supported by Jay Inslee, but when a group of ordinary citizens wanted to speak out this weekend about the stay-at-home hypocrisy and their fears about going broke in this shutdown, suddenly Jay Inslee has never seen such a thing. He goes on, but that's the essence of what he said. And that is the essence of what this response that we're seeing is, not only in Olympia, but you'll be seeing this more and more and more. And it's probably going to get out of hand, and probably some things will be done that ought not to be done. But the genesis of this is that people are seeing the double standard. Abortion clinics in most states are still essential and open, while counseling pregnancy care centers run by conservatives, mostly Christians, are closed. And it goes on and on. It's the hypocrisy that people are responding to, not trying to cure or to mitigate this epidemic, this pandemic. It isn't about that, but the news media twists this to try to make you think that everybody's saying, we don't care if everybody gets the virus. We conservatives, we don't care. We're going to do this. We're going to go out. We're going to defy all of the rules and, and everything that protects grandma and grandpa, and I am a grandpa. No, that's not what this is about. This is about the double standard that these people are seeing, and they're reacting to that. It's not unlike the people in the colonies way back in the 1770s. And that's what we're seeing today. But Jesus says to you, 
Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things that you need will be added unto you. Don't become obsessed with worry or anxiety. God is in control. Thank you for being with me today. See you tomorrow.